0: Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will examine the economic implications of further stimulus efforts out of Washington, along with what economic conditions, namely the labor market, look like today. Joining me here on the line for the conversation, glad to welcome back to the podcast, Brian Rose, Senior Economist for the Americas, as well as Mike Gord, Investment Associate for the Americas, both with the UBS. Chief Investment Office. So Brian, Mike, great to be with you both as always. Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Thanks, Dan. Yes, thanks, Dan. Good morning.
0: Absolutely. So to get things started, Mike, I know on Wednesday of last week we did hear from President Biden. Uh, he did unveil that infrastructure program widely anticipated, known as the American Jobs Plan. So, Mike, to start off, can you walk us through some of the notable components of this historically massive proposal?
1: Sure, Dan. So, yeah, that, that's exactly right. The proposal is really breathtaking in scope and is the most significant increase in federal spending for the nation's physical infrastructure since. The construction of the interstate highway system. So, so it's been a while. Uh, the plan encompasses really every conceivable mode of transportation as well as other things like water treatment, clean energy and high speed broadband. So digging into the details a little bit, there's a large amount of spending specified towards transportation infrastructure, about 800 billion in total with roughly three quarters of that going towards more traditional infrastructure, things like improving roads bridges, tunnels, as well as public transportation systems uh, with a sizable amount for Amtrak specifically. I think it was about $80 billion. Uh, the other quarter of that spending is earmarked more for green initiatives and the majority of that money will go to sales rebates and tax credits for the buying of American-made electric vehicles, uh, while some of it will go towards Biden's goal of having 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations built by 2030. Uh, the proposal has about 300 billion marked for utilities improvements. Again, broken out between water, electric, and internet. Uh, you know, after the recent power debacles that we've seen in Texas and in California, uh, it's clearly a priority to improve the resilience of electrical grids. Uh, he also hopes to remove all lead piping that's being used to transport drinking water and provide specific funds for disadvantaged communities to improve their water systems. Uh, and he also does want to bring high-speed broadband internet access to every American. Uh, there's also some spending marked for less traditional infrastructure initiatives, like improving access to affordable housing, improving public school systems, upgrading childcare facilities, improving, visa, excuse me, improving resources through the VA and elderly housing. Uh, and beyond those, Biden also includes a few more what we'll call aspirational proposals with a few examples like raising prevailing wages for healthcare workers and creating a civilian climate corps. Now, Biden proposes to do this by increasing the corporate tax to 28 percent from the current 21 percent, uh, also raising the global intangible low tax income, the guilty levy, to 21% from a current effective rate of 10.5%, uh, also going to be broadening its application to more companies with foreign income, and then also imposing an alternative minimum tax of 15% on book income for companies with more than $100 million in net income. Uh, these, these proposed tax increases were discussed in public for a number of months prior to the release of the proposal last week, uh, to their inclusion wasn't surprising, and and markets you know barely reacted to the news last Wednesday, suggesting that investors had already. You know, price and expectations of these higher corporate
0: tax rates. Well, Mike, thank you for walking our listeners through some of the notable components of the proposal. A very comprehensive, a lot of big-ticket items located within this proposal. So I'm curious, and I know, Mike, you have touched on this a bit, but to expand on it further, Brian, do you have any insights into how the administration plans to fund this program? And from the CIO's perspective, Brian, what are some of the economic implications of what the program calls for?
2: Well, as Mike mentioned, there the the plan is to fund this with some corporate tax hikes, but those don't amount uh, to to the amount of spending, and uh, some of those hikes will likely be watered down in order to actually get it get it through. So on net, it's a increase in spending, and we've been talking about this even before the election that what Biden is proposing. Uh, you'd expect to have a pretty good multiplier on the on the government spending. So things like building, uh, you know, investing in infrastructure, it has a lot of direct spending that directly adds to a GDP, but also creates new capital that should help the economy grow in the long run. So uh, you know, on net, this should be a you know considerable uh, positive, both because. You know, the, the amount that, that the spending is more than the tax hikes, and it's also uh, more front loaded. And, um, you know, we, we just have to see how this process works out and what else is proposed in, in terms of, uh, you know, the expected second package and how, uh, how things change as they try to get it through, through Congress. But almost certainly this will be, uh, you know, net, net positive for the economy.
0: Brian, appreciate that color. And to your point, it sounds like that there's a lot of runway ahead of us. So we'll be talking about this proposal, this program for a long time to come. So something we can put on the sidelines for now. I do want to spend a few moments just revisiting Friday. I know financial markets were closed in observance of Good Friday. The Labor Department released the March employment report. So Brian, can you spend a few moments just walking our listeners through that data release and maybe speak to what the data tells us about the labor Market recovery today?
2: Sure. So, overall, it was a very strong report. Non-farm payrolls increased by 916,000, which is a huge number from a historic perspective. It also some upward revisions to previous months. And this is the sort of thing that we've been looking for. We thought as the economy reopens, we would see historically strong job gains and we're looking for the numbers to stay in this, uh, you know, range for the next few months, something around 1 million payrolls per month. But that assumes that the economy continues to reopen. And there are some troubling trends in in COVID cases. And uh, everything, you know, uh, relies on the pandemic coming under control and letting the economy fully reopen. And people feeling comfortable uh, traveling around and uh, you know m- meeting in uh, you know close quarters and uh, the economy basically going back to to normal so um, you know we we have to see you know keep close watch on the pandemic itself and another thing I, that that's somewhat uh, you know uh, worrying is that a lot of people have been out of work since the start of the pandemic as we saw in the Friday's numbers, the labor force participation rate is still down, so people have left the the labor force. And what we may see is strong job growth in the next few months, but struggling to get the full recovery. Because the people who've been out of work for more than a year may be really hard for them to, you know, to get back into, uh, you know, into work. And we're down uh, around eight and a half million payrolls from the pre-pandemic level. So even if we have a million jobs a month, you know, for a few months in a row, it still wouldn't get us all the way back to to where we were before the pandemic hit.
0: That's good context, Brian. Thank you for walking us through the March employment report and providing some color there. So before we close out our conversation for today, Mike, I'm curious, looking out over the next few days, what will be taking place this week that investors should be mindful of?
1: So, uh, so later this morning, I'll be watching the ISM Services Index reading for March. That, that'll come in at, at 10 o'clock. Uh, Where the Street's expecting a, a big improvement to 59 from last month's 55.3 reading. So, looking for indications of that, that service sector rebound after we've seen, you know, that strong rebound on the manufacturing side of the equation. Uh, then on Wednesday, the big thing we're watching is going to be the FOMC meeting minutes from their March 17th meeting. Uh, this took place before last week's Great Jobs Report, so we won't see much change on that front. But I expect some acknowledgment of the rapid rise in longer Treasury yields that we saw throughout Q1. Uh, still looking for any indication that the rise is giving FOMC members pause. So based on recent public comments from the Fed Chair Powell, uh, that higher rates suggest growing confidence about the improvements in economic growth. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see anything too different from that thesis here. Uh, Lastly, on the economic data front, we'll be watching, uh, you know, uh, every week the initial and continuing jobless claims, uh, looking for, you know, continuing declines in these numbers that suggests firms are are starting to ramp up rehiring as the vaccination push here in the U.S. starts to hit full steam ahead. Uh, And then the last thing we'll be watching this week is where the different congressional parties will be drawing their proverbial lines in the sand uh, as it pertains to Biden's infrastructure proposal. Uh, With both houses out of session this week, there's plenty of opportunities for leaders of both parties to get some media time uh, push their respective priorities out to viewers and the American people. So that, that's what I'm watching this
0: weekend. Sounds like quite a busy week ahead, accounting for economic releases, the Fed, as well, what we might hear from lawmakers down in Washington. So a lot to keep an eye out for. Though Brian, Mike, really appreciate your time inside for covering all of the ground that you did with our listeners and wish you both a great week ahead. Thank you again for joining us this morning. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ben. Absolutely. And again today, we have been joined by Brian Rose, Senior Economist for the Americas, as well as Mike Gord, Investment Associate for the Americas, both with the UBS Chief Investment Office. As a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can be located on UBS.com forward slash cio for clients of ubs who can always contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about the topics covered on today's podcast or if you would like to receive a copy of any of the publications or blogs directly top of the morning is part of the ubs market moves podcast channel which is available where podcasts are found including on itunes spotify TuneIn, stitcher and pandora